Welcome to Your Life, Your Way, Aging Today with Holden South Center. This program airs Sunday mornings at 10.30 right here on AM 880 KIXI. Thank you so much for listening to today's program. You know, Your Life, Your Way is a radio show that airs again Sunday mornings at 10.30 right here on this station. But there's also a podcast version that can be heard on most major platforms. So if you or anyone in your circle of family and friends is planning for a modern, secure, and lifestyle-driven retirement, please pass the information along that you're going to hear in today's program. Well, let's get to it. In studio, we have your host, Shane Fowler. He's Executive Director of Holden South Center. And today, we'll be chatting with Jerrica Pearson Seeger. She is with Des Moines Elder Law, and we're going to talk about things like powers of attorney and other legal issues that you might find as you grow older or someone in your circle of, again, family or friends. So this is going to be some great information, and I'll tell you what, we'll be right back after this short message. Visit Holden South Center today, an all-inclusive premier assisted living and memory care community. Located at 112 Andover East and South Center, just blocks away from the mall. Come see our spacious studios along with our one and two bedrooms. Enjoy luxury resort-style living. Amenities include a theater, club room, full-service salon, rooftop courtyard with views of Mount Rainier, 24-hour on-care staff, and a five-star dining experience. Call us at 206-395-3824 or visit Holden South southcenter.com your life your way our commitment and as promised welcome back to your life your way aging today with holden south center of course in studio we have shane shane how you doing good glad to see you you're snowed in for a while snowed in a little bit yeah you know it is the season uh and uh you know i can drive in the snow but if i can uh, if i can't get out of my driveway i get a little nervous right 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 (laughs) so good to be here with you Thank you. Thank you. I love having you in studio with us. And of course, we have a wonderful guest, Jerrica. Thank do. you so much. We appreciate you coming into the studio today. Um, let's get right into the conversation, Shane. Yeah. So uh, Jerrica is an elder law attorney. And so can you tell us about your story and how you um, got into your current role? Sure. So I actually grew up in native Seattleite and went to the University of Washington, but I was looking for a smaller experience to do graduate studies. So I ended up in Oregon at Willamette University and did their law degree and their business administration degree, thinking I was going to do international law to advocate for women and children. Hmm. Uh, But in the middle of my law degree, I ended up having a couple children Mm -hmm. and decided I probably can't be traveling the world. And so I switched my focus to estate planning Uh, And with the MBA, it ended up being a really good mix for what would normally be an estate planning practice. As I got out into public service, um, I did a bunch of disability law and policy, and that led me to having a better understanding of what are the barriers for people as they age, Mm -hmm. for individuals with mobility challenges, and it, it became something I was very interested in. Well... During this time, my parents back here in the Seattle area were asking for me to come back, bring the grandbabies, (laughs) and my first thing was, Dad, well, I need a job. So um, I started looking in the legal field and ran into this area called elder law. And I interviewed, and one of the things that came out very clearly was that everything I had learned from the business and the law and the disability and um, equal access matched up with a personal experience I had. 
My dad was in a major motorcycle accident when I was 12, and we had in-home care in our home. Okay. Uh, we had a hospital bed in our living room. Wow. I put on compression socks. Wow. I know what it means to have a sponge bath. So all these things that I was finding my clients were struggling with to just respond to a medical crisis, I knew what it felt like to be in that position. So it was just this organic growth, but um, I found it. I love it, and I find that it feels great to be able to help families in these moments understand their options and feel empowered to make good decisions with their choices. Oh, that's a great story, and I find that uh, most of us that are in the senior living realm kind of got into it because, you know, for me it was a neighbor I mowed uh, her lawn, and right, and then I took care of my grandma, and so it's great that uh, attorneys are the same way. So, um, can you tell us what it means to be an elder law attorney? What categories do you cover with families and and uh, with your your clients? Sure, that's a really great question because it is not clear no. from the title what an elder law attorney would do. So generally, I like to describe it as we do estate planning and family planning with a perspective that brings in long-term care issues, uh, incapacity issues, cognitive decline issues, and what it means to age in this society. Mm -hmm. So the products and the tools that we prepare are with that idea and that awareness in mind. And as a result, we have different tools, legal documents, and um, family meetings that will look different than if someone went to a more traditional estate planning attorney or went to a more traditional family planning attorney. Okay. Um, that's good. Thank you. And so what we deal with uh, at Holden South Center a lot is power of attorney. And it's one thing I know is that getting it early on and preparing and making sure that uh, you have your children involved or whoever it's going to be. Can you tell us the best process for getting a power of attorney and what it means? Um, I think I'll also ask after that how you use it, because there's a lot of myths about you know, when you become a power of attorney, that you basically take over right. um, making decisions, and that's not correct. So we'll start with, um, tell us uh, the process of being a power of attorney and what it really means. Sure. Under our Constitution, mm -hmm. people are able to make their own decisions once they reach legal majority, which is age 18. Mm -hmm. So even though people don't want to talk about death, incapacity, and when they're turning the age of 18, we actually suggest that individuals should have a power of attorney as soon as age 18, mm. because if you don't and you are in an accident or somehow incapacitated whereby you can't make your own decisions, they're under medical decisions. The statute in Washington state is going to dictate who your decision ma uh, maker is going to be for emergency medical decisions. But the state statute does not dictate who would make financial or other long-term decisions for you. So that means if you are without a decision maker, the court process that remedies that is called a guardianship and or conservatorship. That can be invasive, mm -hmm. expensive, and takes a quite a bit of time to get to create a decision maker that could help with immediate needs. And a lot of times when families are struggling with an emergency, a delay of eight or 10 weeks is just really difficult to manage. So, you know, to the extent that you 
do have the ability to sign a power of attorney, we would suggest you mm-hmm. get those 18-year-olds to sign. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I need to get on that because I uh, <laughs> learned something new. Uh, oh, that's good to know. And it makes sense. Um, we, we definitely see a lot of, um, for me, um, a family have to go through the court. And then uh, I believe um, I, I have a current situation where it's uh, every year they have to go back to the court and Correct. And, and be reassigned. Um, and so really just it could have you could have took that time to just do it. And then it would have been the family. So tell us about how it works with a spouse. Uh, I think that most uh, spouses say, well, I'm married, so I get to be their power of attorney. But I believe that's not correct. That is a very common myth. People think, well, I'm married, so my spouse can Mm -hmm. manage my financial decisions. And that's just not true, even in a community property state. Now, in the past, when I first started practicing, financial institutions were tended to be a little bit more flexible in responding to crises and allowing a spouse or a child to maybe come in and make informal decisions for a short-term basis. Unfortunately, as a result of some of the um, federal legislation around money and asset transfers, those informal ways to make things work have become more and more restricted over the past decade. So we're finding that, you know, powers of attorney are a necessary document to allow anybody to access and discuss financial assets that are held in an individual's name. Now, the power of attorney that somebody gets at age 18 should and probably will look different than the power of attorney that somebody w- would want to have in their main working years and definitely some a different document for when someone reaches retirement or is struggling with a medical condition okay. because the powers and the authorities that we want to allow those agents um, needs to expand with the change in circumstances. Okay, so I'm guessing at 18 you're probably going to have your parents right, uh, be uh, your power of attorney? Well, you uh, can pick anybody you want. Right. And some individuals don't have family that okay. they feel comfortable getting involved in making personal mm-hmm. decisions. And that's the magic of doing a power of attorney is that you are in control of mm-hmm. who you name. It can be an individual. It can be a family member. There's also quite a number of professional entities in Washington state that will act as an individual's power of attorney agent Mm -hmm. um, that are regulated by the state or otherwise have a fiduciary position to make decisions for an individual. So even if you're from a family Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't have a named agent that you feel comfortable, there are resources in Washington state that an attorney would be able to advise you on Mm -hmm. that you could appoint uh, in that role as well. Okay. That's really interesting about the power of attorney and and the spouse, significant other, not necessary. It's just doesn't transfer to them. It's something you need to think about individually. And really, it seems to me it goes back to that planning. We mm-hmm. talk about this a lot on the show. Yep. Plan because in the heat of the moment, you don't want to find out that you're not ready. You know right. that mm-hmm. that things are not secure. Right, and unfortunately, if we're doing crisis planning. Let's say there is an event and somebody has not engaged in pre-planning. It's much more costly. It's much more emotionally burdensome and can be really stressful to try to resolve these issues in the middle of a health or a financial crisis. And can you tell us how this process starts? If, if we have listeners out there that want to uh, get a power of attorney 
I'm guessing most people haven't gotten it at 18. Uh, that is a correct <laughs> assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I see it. Um, our average age is 82 and a half at Holden South Center. And I see some folks that don't have power, power of attorney arrangements then. So if I wanted to um, get a power of attorney, what is the process? Uh, how long does it take? Sure. Yeah. So there are lots of ways that an individual could obtain and execute a power of attorney. There are free resources. Mm -hmm. There are also professional resources. As the need for a more complex document grows as individuals have more complex estates or have more complex medical needs, I am of the opinion that seeking professional guidance for those more complex powers of attorney is really an important step. So to do that, you know, reaching out to a local elder law attorney or an estate planning attorney We'll start the process. Generally, when we meet with clients, we provide an initial meeting complimentary okay. so that they can come in and learn what their options are and learn about what the different tools uh, can do for them. Mm -hmm. We would prepare the documents, and in four to six weeks, they'll have a signed set of powers of attorney. Well, okay. In emergency crises, of course, we always can make the visits to the hospitals. We can make the visits to the family homes. And that just impacts sort of the timeline that we get it done and can also sometimes impact the costs. Great information. Great information. Unfortunately, we need to take a quick break. Uh, Shane, can we do that and then come back and maybe reiterate some of this information? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, wonderful. You're listening to Your Life, Your Way. Stay with us. We have Jerrica in studio with us. She is talking about things like power of attorney and other issues that you might find as you grow older and those in your circle of love that need your assistance. So stay with this program. We'll be right back after this short message. Visit Holden South Center today, an all-inclusive premier assisted living and memory care community. Located at 112 Andover East and South Center, just blocks away from the mall. Come see our spacious studios along with our one and two bedrooms. Enjoy luxury resort-style living. Amenities include a theater, club room, full-service salon, rooftop courtyard with views of Mount Rainier, 24-hour on-care staff, and a five-star dining experience. Call us at 206-395-3824 or visit Holden South Center.com. Your life, your way, our commitment. And welcome back to Your Life, Your Way. Aging Today with Holden South Center airs every Sunday morning at 1030 right here on AM 880-KIXI. Thank you so much for listening to this program. All the great music and talk programs that we have on this radio station make it unique, and you, the listeners, really help us succeed. So thank you so much. Again, air Sunday mornings at 1030, right here on AM 880-KIXI. And just a reminder, the podcast version of this allows you to listen to the program where you want and when you want. So uh, definitely download that and subscribe. If you or someone in your family or friends circle uh, you know, really you are looking for a modern, secure, and lifestyle-driven retirement, please pass the information about your life your way so they can learn more about how to make that happen. In studio, we have Jerrica Pearson Seeger. She's with Des Moines Elder Law, and we're talking about things like power of attorney and much more. So uh, again, this program is on podcast, so if you miss anything, simply go to the podcast and download it and give it a listen. Uh, Shane, let's get back to the conversation with Jerrica. Yes, thank you. So we were talking about powers of attorney, and I want to uh, go a little deeper into it. 
Uh, can you tell us the different types of um, powers of attorney, how that works? Sure. Yeah. In the past, powers of attorney were referred to as general durable powers of attorney. And the word durable means that it survives past incapacity. Hmm. That used to be a requirement because if you didn't have the word durable in it, it meant that if you became incapacitated, your power of attorney was no longer valid. Almost all powers of attorney that are prepared now are done to be durable powers of attorney because the point of having a power of attorney for most people is so that if they do become unable to make their own decisions, they've identified an agent to act uh, to make those decisions for them. What's interesting over time is that um, powers of attorney have evolved to really be under two categories. One is called a springing power of attorney, and the other is called an immediate power of attorney. This is really important for our senior clients. And a lot of times it sort of flies under the radar. Families don't realize the difference until they're in a crisis. And the difference between a springing and an immediate power of attorney can be a huge delay in getting services. So I'll take just a couple minutes to explain. So a springing power of attorney is an power of attorney that an individual signs presently, but that the authorities in the document are not effective until an event occurs. Hmm. Well, generally, the event that occurs to trigger the authority is a determination of the signer's incapacity. Generally, that is determined by a doctor's note stating the individual no longer has capacity to make financial decisions. Mm -hmm. The other type of power of attorney is called an immediately effective power of attorney. And it's kind of, it sounds like what it is. As soon as the individual signs it, the person that they've named to act as their agent has the authorities to do the things the document says they can do. Now, a really important point, just because you sign a power of attorney that's immediately effective does not in any way restrict the person who's signing to continue to make their own decisions. Right. And I want to talk about this a little bit. When we do resident agreement signings where you're coming into assisted living, we see this all the time where the adult child wants to come in and sign everything. And I say, well, no, your mom has made this decision. She should be the one signing. Um, And so uh, to your point, um, it really doesn't uh, take over and and, um, allow them to kind of sign every single document, right, if they're able to to currently make decisions. Is that correct? Correct. So the purpose of a power of attorney is to empower another person to also make decisions on your behalf. It does not restrict Mm. your own ability to continue to make your own decisions. And this can sometimes be the reason that a springing power of attorney can be problematic. Mm -hmm. Because let's say, for example, we have an individual who is struggling with some cognitive decline and they are starting to make poor or unsafe financial decisions. But due to the cognitive decline illness, the individual is not able to recognize Mm -hmm. that they are making these bad choices. If their power of attorney document says that their named agent can only step in and assist them in making decisions once a doctor has determined that the individual no longer has that capacity, that requires the individual to go to a doctor and ask Mm -hmm. for an assessment. 
Well, you can imagine that many family members struggle to get their loved one to go to a doctor and then ask the doctor to give them an assessment that essentially identifies them as unable or incapacitated. Also, many times with cognitive decline, people can perform for a temporary basis very effectively. Mm -hmm. And so that can mean the doctor will not write a letter of incapacity. And in essence, that means that the individual does not have an active power of attorney because the document is not activated until you have a letter from a doctor. Right. And so do you see mainly the immediate uh, type of powers of attorney? Is that is that the suggested uh, type? Well, that's a great question. I would say that is a legal question that each family would want to talk with their mm-hmm. attorney about. But generally from my practice, if individuals uh, are post-retirement or are dealing with a medical condition or have medical conditions in their family line whereby cognitive decline is an issue, we would suggest that they consider an immediately effective power of attorney. Just because if any of you have tried to get doctor's appointments in the medical industry right now, you know, a lot of doctors are six to eight months behind. So a lot of financial damage can occur with a vulnerable adult if we can't get them support through their power of attorney for months and months at a time. I don't know about you, Shane, but I, my head's spinning. I didn't realize all this. Right. And I knew a little bit, but uh, just because I deal with it, but there's definitely a lot more that I'm learning. And it's evolving. So the yes. situation, as you said, with doctors uh, being hard to get in to see a doctor, that hasn't always been the case. But due to due to circumstances with COVID and things like that, yeah, those things have changed. So you really have to be thinking about this every step of the way. It's not just get the power of attorney and you're done. Correct. We typically suggest clients come and update their documents or at least talk with us about their documents and their situation every five to seven years. Mm. So as people um, age and circumstances change, we want them to be able to update their powers of attorney. Now, a lot of times people are concerned, well, I don't want to name people in an immediately effective power of attorney because I don't trust them. And my answer to them always is, if you don't trust them now, (laughs) you don't want them to make decisions for you when you're dealing with a health or a cognitive decline. So in those situations, it's really talking with the client about the appropriate person to identify in their documents. Mm -hmm. Because this is a document that will provide a lot of power and authority. Mm -hmm. And as people age, we need more power and authority because circumstances become more complicated and you have to trust that individual. Right. No, that's a great point. And I think we always think, well, it has to be my children because they're the ones that should be next in line to help me. But, uh, you know, Eric and I have talked about this with other guests uh, on the show about uh, your chosen family and people that you're really comfortable with. So to your point, I think that's that's who you um, decide to be your power of attorney is the one you feel most comfortable with. And I've seen neighbors be the, the power of attorney. Um, so um, thank you for, for talking about that. One last thing that we uh, that I tend to deal with is um, a living will. Um, can you talk to us about the difference between uh, a power of attorney or and a, and a will, a living will? Sure. So a living will is another name for an advanced directive or a physician's directive. This is a document that you get to fill out that explains what your wishes are for end-of-life care. Okay. Now, in the past, this document was really limited to physical conditions or terminal illnesses, permanent vegetative states, permanent unconscious conditions, or terminal illness. 
as dementia and cognitive decline has become more and more prevalent in our society, Washington State has actually provided for mental health advance directives and dementia directives. And this, these are documents that allow an individual to identify what their medical wishes are related to medical intervention if the condition that they're struggling with is a dementia-related condition. And this is a wonderful tool for individuals to provide their family or the people that they've named in their documents so that those individuals can advocate for what the individual wants. Okay, great. And so um, we suggest that people provide the copies of the power of attorney and their advance directive to the people they've named. Mm. Because, yes, it's great to have a document, but if you can't, uh, you don't know you're an agent for somebody or you can't get a hold of the physical copy in time, that can be really stressful. So one of the things that the elder law practice really brings to the forefront is the coordination of providing these documents to the people and then providing for a family meeting or a um, agent meeting so that the individuals can talk about what their wishes are and actually read through the documents together. Perfect. We actually require, um, you might have mentioned additional documents, but the Pulse form, it's a, a bright green form that everyone tends to have in their home. Um, it's physician's order for life-sustaining treatment. Um, are the documents that you are talking about in, in addition or are they a combination of? So an advanced directive can sit alongside a post form. A post form is something you prepare with your doctor. It's Mm -hmm. actually a medical order. Mm -hmm. An advanced directive is a legal statement of your intent and wishes. So an advanced directive or a living will is more a statement of your wishes, regardless of how you ended up in the medical condition you happen to be in at the time. Okay. A post form is you've worked with your doctor, you're undergoing a particular type of treatment, and under that treatment, the doctor and you have decided what kinds of emergency services that you want. Right. So those okay. documents, in theory, should align yes. because it's really hard for your agent to know what your wishes are if your post form and your advanced directive are, uh, say, opposing things. But it doesn't have to be. You right. can have a post form that says one thing related to the treatment response and then an advanced directive that is more global in nature and more intent and desire-based. Okay. No, thank you for uh, explaining that. Well, Jerrica, that's just great information uh, and complex, and I think that's probably why you're an attorney and why people right. need to come seek you out and your colleagues. So, Shane, great guest today, right? Yes, I agree. Jerrica, it was wonderful information. Jerrica, should people go to your website for more information? Correct. They can go to our website, which is demoineselderlaw.com. And if a client calls and wants an appointment from this meeting, we will offer the meeting complimentary as a result of them coming to us from this show. And the goal really is that people have the information they need to make educated decisions. Excellent. DesMoinesElderLaw.com. Jerrica, Shane, great show as always. Good job, Shane. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Your Life, Your Way right here on Kixie AM 880. Thank you so much for your listenership today. And I'll tell you what, if you want to learn more about Holden South Center, simply go to HoldenSouthCenter.com or dial 206-316-2934. That's HoldenSouthCenter.com. 
Visit Holden South Center today, an all-inclusive premier assisted living and memory care community. Located at 112 Andover East and South Center, just blocks away from the mall. Come see our spacious studios along with our one and two bedrooms. Enjoy luxury resort-style living. Amenities include a theater, club room, full-service salon, rooftop courtyard with views of Mount Rainier, 24-hour on-care staff, and a five-star dining experience. Call us at 206-395-3824 or visit Holden South Center. Your life, your way, our commitment.